we've always had the motto uh, coaching, cheering and challenging. Because where we're going is, is about dreaming about something in the future that's not there yet, so it's a creative space. Solve the problem of uh, the dark side of autonomy, you solve it with autonomy. Welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. We're continuing our experiment with just a small intro. Yes, thanks Peter Paul. Practice what you preach, so experiment with a new, less structured format and really listen to the feedback we receive. So let's dive into the topic of this episode. Coaching at Bob.com. In Bob.com we have different types of coaches with different focus areas. Outside tech um, or Bob.com wide, so to say, we have coaches for careers and personal coaches and spark coaches, our holacracy uh, slash network way of working. But in this podcast, we talk with two of our coaches in the tech area. So uh, we want to talk about the human system engineering to speak with one of them. So time to introduce them, Peter Paul. Okay, so today we have uh, Suzanne Heerschop. She's a coach in uh, tech, focusing in the shopping area. And she's a fanatic uh, sketchnoter. So she thinks, uh, yeah, drawing is like a second language to create a better understanding of things. And she's really an ambassador on that one. I'm trying to <coughs> sorry, communicate, uh, build a community of people there. And then we have uh, Burgert. He's a coach in tech also. He's more in the logistics area. And he's uh, yeah, more an improv theater fanatic. So we have quite different perspectives here. That's good for today, I guess. So welcome. Great to have you here. Thank Thanks. you. It's good to be here. Yeah, very I, nice. I f- uh, can I start with a question? <laughs> oh, yeah. Also a new experiment. Yeah. You know, uh, coaches just ask questions. <laughs> I noticed that you never used the word agile coach but you introduced us as tech coaches. And that I found that very interesting. Was that intentional or? No, not really intentional, but I think that yeah, we have, we've worked with agile coaches in the, in the past and we've also read in the outside world some controversy, but I didn't have that in mind. I had more in mind, well, they're working in tech, so uh, they're paid by the tech part of our company so okay. yeah that could be the focus but what uh, what does it mean to you I, I i struggle to relate with uh the idea that i'm a tech coach because i have zero knowledge about tech <laughs> <laughs> but you can do stuff with excel and your kitchen uh apparatus i do i can yeah yeah okay you change the tire of your car I do, I do that. Yeah, yeah you're, you're in tech. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Congratulations. <cool. laughs> but I do relate. I mean, I, I coach in the space of uh, IT, which is yeah. information technology. I don't know. How, yeah. did, how did that feel for you to be introduced yeah, as a tech coach? I was actually wondering if, if you really identify with being an agile coach because I started at Bulb.com three and a half years ago with no prior experience in coaching. Um, my experience with working agile was a scrum transformation and trying to move more to agility. And I noticed that uh, it's a very holistic kind of coaching. It mm. involves many layers and many different approaches. And to really label it only as agile, that will be very interesting Limiting. for me on the other end. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so if, if we put aside the, uh, the labels of tech <laughs> and the labels of uh, Agile, so what do you see as your, your, your purpose or your contribution here at Bold.com as a coach? 
yeah. As a coach, well, um, my contribution is to work with the human system uh, and to help create space for the for when I say human system, I mean an individual is a human system, but also collection of humans that work together. Mm-hmm. You could call it a team or a department or organization. But they, uh, and they, to help that human system to be more aware uh, of what's happening in the system, mm-hmm. of what the system really wants, and okay. how the system, the human system, can access its collective uh, creativity and intelligence to to move forward and change, to e- evolve mm-hmm. um, to wo- towards where it wants to go. Um, which is a, a more positive state than it is currently. Okay. Not that the current state is, has anything wrong with it. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Good to... <laughs> you already mentioned that. But if, then if the, um, uh, the, the person is the system and it, um, it needs to have like a sense of direction, so there's something in that system that knows where it wants to go, just like in a team, a group of individuals working some way together, also a system, there must be something driving it in a certain direction. Yeah. That must be the assumption, right? Yeah. What is that? What is that direction? What, what is dri- no, what's driving it? Direction depends on the individual, the team, the Absolutely, whatever. Yeah. So what, what's the thing that's driving it? Well, uh, what's driving that direction? Yeah. Huh, that's... That is the answer that only that system can answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's not always aware of that. Um, so your role is to make it more aware of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And do stuff like asking questions and exactly. other things. Uh, and getting the different parts of the different people just to just talk about those things. Um, yeah. Because often, uh, especially in, in tech, we talk about doing, doing, and building, building stuff, and yeah. it's about stuff and what we want to build. Yep. But what is it that we, re- what do, why, why are we building and what are we building it for and who for and what, um, the why behind it and not just mm-hmm. all the doing so that there's more focus on, you know, creating value than mm-hmm. just creating stuff. And how, how, how does this human system thinking help you with that? Uh, c- can you give an example? A uh, simple example that I can... Uh, so, for example, one of the fleets that are, that's in my space. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you, also the thing is when you work with a system, you have to work with the whole system mm-hmm. to, to solve its challenges. So I had a whole fleet, so there was like five teams, like maybe 25 people in the room, and I asked them, you know, what... Because often we teams identify with their team, but they not identify not so much with their fleet because mm-hmm. they're very focused on their team. And yeah. but they're also part mm-hmm. of a high, larger system, which is a collection of teams, which is a fleet. And I asked them, you know, what is it that they, as a fleet, want to talk about, uh, want to do better? Um, and I put a topic there that I just assumed was a good one, and that was inter-team collaboration. But I then asked them, talk with, in, with another person. What else might be an important topic to talk about? And then what came up was some, uh, I think, 
information sharing between teams. Mm -hmm. And then I let the, the whole fleet vote uh, which of the top, there was another topic also, I can't remember, it was, I can't remember what it was. But uh, in the end, they voted for this information sharing as an important topic. So I put the topic in the middle of the floor and then I asked everyone, how, mu how much are you concerned about information sharing within the fleet? So then, um, and if you're really concerned about it, you can stand close to the topic on the floor. If you're not concerned, you can stand far by the door, if you're really not, or anywhere not, in between. Don't leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you really don't care about it, you can, you can even leave the room. That also gives information to the system. So, yeah. um, so it's all about getting more information into the system. And so it's, so you constellate how people think about this topic. So then people stand close or far or whatever, and you let them think about what's it like standing where you're standing and why are you standing there? Mm -hmm. And you get a few people to talk about. Some people might say, oh, I really care about information sharing because I just joined the company. I have no idea where to find information. I feel completely lost. And someone else says, I don't care. Uh, I know what to do. Uh, and I just go talk to other teams when I need information. So there's different perspectives. And then no one is right or wrong. It's just different perspectives. But it creates an awareness. And you can immediately just look and see, oh, maybe a lot of people standing away. This is not something people really care about, but people did vote yeah. for it as much. So they, and so there were people who cared about it. And then the next question is, okay, so how much have you been active in doing something about this? And then people, oh, I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> Other people might stand closer. They might have organized some fleet session in the past or whatever, or they create a bit of a update of their team every sprint or whatever. So, and some people have been active and some not. And then the, the last question is, how active do you want to be? Do you want to be more active about it? And then it's also very interesting to see if people move closer. Do they want to be more active? And then do they want to be less active? And people were very hesitant, actually, in that specific session to move closer because they realized, okay, now I have to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and they also realized, does this mean, okay, now if, if everyone is going to communicate more, now I'm going to get more and more information <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give more team us. updates. Yeah. I don't, um, and actually, then people reflected on that and they realized, ah, actually, what we, we don't need more information sharing. We just need a better system of where to, and a shared system where we can put our information and it's easy to find it. So we don't need more information sharing. We just need more documentation. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, Very no. controversial. <laughs> but just the least amount that it's good enough and an easy way to find it. Um, Oh, but people realized, oh, it's just, or sometimes it's very simple. It's just like, ah, it's actually not a big problem because I can just talk to people. Actually, it's not about more sharing. It's just about maybe more asking when I need it. Um, and, and it's, but it was a quite a, like a realization. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a big issue. It's like, okay, either let's create some, some people put up their hands and say they, they'll create some uh, more of a, standard way of uh, documentation so it's easier to find stuff uh, yeah and in this in this situation you helped out as a coach to uh, for this system and in this case the fleet to make it very visual yes. what's happening in this system exactly also for them so that's the important thing yeah. when you work with a human system because there's yeah. so much happening in the that's not visible yeah. is that so for you the same Suzanne? yeah the, the word that 
pops to mind for me is consciousness. So for me, coaching is very much about creating or being a conscience, um, making people reflect on their actions and mm -hmm. understanding the why and need behind it. So for instance, if you do uh, a daily stand-up or do poker sessions, there are rituals, there are habits, but they're not a purpose on their own. There's a value behind it. Like pokering is a, re a means to an end to check on assumptions, whether we think it's complex or not, or if we are having the same understanding of this epic. Uh, so for me, training teams in what's the value behind it, behind the rituals you're doing, and why do you need it, or why do you want it, or what other forms can you give it that suit you more. You don't need to poker if you have different ways of checking assumptions. That's also fine. Uh, so it's very much about reflecting and uh, being that conscience. And within uh, uh, IT uh, coaching, we've always had the motto, uh, coaching, cheering, and challenging. Uh, so for me, coaching is about all three of those principles. And challenging is the reflecting part, but also being the hard ass sometimes, asking mm -hmm. the difficult questions, yeah. or maybe may even make statements that I might not fully agree with, but just to get people thinking. Uh, so mm -hmm. challenging is a big part of it, but also the, the, the cheering part, because you also want to celebrate your successes and really put people in a motivated, inspirational mood uh, and unlock creativity, like uh, Birgit said, is very important as well. And the coaching part is you can ask people all these questions, but if you only ask questions constantly, it's a bit much to deal with. You sometimes also need some bit of tool or framework or a bit of guidance on how to uh, take the next step to make mm -hmm. it maybe smaller. Um, so for me, the, the three C's are still very uh, relevant today. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. And with, with tools like Burgess, you uh, also uh, kind of reflect with the group on things and you have the group reflect on things, you have the group reflect on the consequences of what they're saying that they, that, that they desire or want. And then feeling, well, maybe if I, I have to go this if I say that I desire that and stuff like that. And they come to an understanding that they actually want something else, which better, uh, yeah, uh, suits their needs, uh, yeah. basically. And it's not only on a team level, it's also management. If management mm -hmm. at some point says, okay, this is taking too long, I'm just making a decision realizing that taking a decision instead of having a conversation maybe with a team has a different consequence. So if you want to create a learning mindset, then instead of making a decision, you might prefer to have a, a dialogue or something. Um, but sometimes you do need to make a decision, but you need to be conscious when you want to do what and what, what, what consequences of it are. True, true. And so that you can make a, 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 yeah, a balanced approach uh, mm -hmm. for, for the situation at hand. Yeah, and that there's also a long term behind it. Because if you only think what's right in the moment, uh, you also will keep what you have. Uh, if <laughs> you also need to invest in where do you want to go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 so then you're not growing there as a company or as yeah. a group of manager or yeah. as a manager towards a certain goal. Exactly. Why is it so hard for, for human systems uh, to ask those questions ourselves. Why, uh, why do we need the coach? Do you have any idea how many questions you unconsciously ask yourself every day? I'm not, I'm not sure. I didn't count it, but I, I think it will Take be... Take a gamble. How many active questions do you think you have on a daily basis? 
thousands. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It starts with what shoes am I wearing? Am I brushing my teeth? What do I have for breakfast? Uh, you already am doing so many questions in your in your head, and we actually also pay you to create output and outcome. So you also have a responsibility to actually do something uh, tangible. Uh, so you cannot be conscious of everything all the time. Um, so it's like a little voice uh, in your, whispering in your ear when it, when it are the crucial kind of questions you have, um, just to help you. Yeah, and sometimes it's, it's the harder questions to contemplate. To, and for me, it's what you mentioned earlier, uh, Paul, it's about creating that space for reflection. And our daily job is doing, 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 doing stuff and rushing, mm -hmm. rushing, yeah. rushing. And that state of mind isn't, uh, you, it's hard to dream and reflect about where are we going. And because where we're going is, is about dreaming about something in the future that's not there yet. So it's a creative space. Mm -hmm. um, and and to, as a coach, I really see it as creating that different space mm -hmm. uh, for a different state of mind where you can really think about where, where do we actually want to go and dream about that future um, and collect, and especially when you work with more than just an individual, is where do we collectively want to go? And then how we get there is also creative because like, uh, like Susanna said, uh, when you're just here and now, you're just doing what you've always done mm -hmm. and the same kind of thinking. Um, but if you want to get somewhere else, you got to, Think creatively, and um, yeah, and that that that, and that lies change in some of the behaviors, change of the some of the things that you've been doing yeah. in exactly. a certain way, and knowing like why are we doing this exactly. But it's hard to break habits. Habit, habits know. serve <laughs> us; they serve us. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because it's, it's, it's not nice to think about everything all exactly, the time. Yeah. Exactly, no, and also it, it it got you somewhere, so it's yeah. a survival strategy. Yeah, and uh, you have been doing this. Um, the same route maybe to work every day because you know it will get me at work within uh, um, approximate time. Um, but there might be way more fun routes to take to your job or <laughs> longer routes, but they give you more time to reflect. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's this automatic system that says I need to be there on time, so you just go there. So knowing what questions to ask or when uh, you should reflect on something is also something you might not be aware of constantly. So it helps to have a coach that can uh, point out, hey, have you ever thought about this? And sometimes the answer is not, no, not at all. Uh, yeah. I'm just doing this automatic pilot kind of thing. And coaches also need someone like that for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We could not, it's coach. hard to do it yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but if we, someone else can create that space of reflection for you when they, their attention is on you, uh, and just helping you reflect and asking you questions. Okay, talking about reflection, it's a nice uh, bridge. Burger joined Bol.com uh, only a couple of months ago, and uh, quite after after a few months, uh, director asked him, "Okay, can you reflect on what you saw so far in in Bol.com?" And Bol.com, we we preach autonomous teams, and we think we can go really fast if all teams are autonomous. Uh, but Birgit was asked to uh, reflect on that. And you came up with, with quite some um, items and you called it in the presentation the dark side of autonomy. <laughs> and I'm really interested in, okay, can you share what, what's in there a bit and what you're doing with that as a coach? 
Uh, I when I say the dark side of autonomy, I don't mean autonomy is bad because everything that's really, really good has a dark side. Um, and we <laughs> exactly. There's Susanna's dark side coming out. Um, and she be, that's because she's really good. And like all humans, we're all in essence really good, but we all have a dark side. If we, f if we don't, we're not aware of it. Um, and the dark side of autonomy, I just, I just started noticing exactly there's a that we're preaching a lot of autonomy but are we aware of what is the dark side if we just only preach autonomy because that's the main thing that i noticed that was preached what do we lose if we are only being autonomous what is the opposite of autonomous that uh, we need to integrate with autonomy so that it stays it's in balance mm -hmm. um because what I noticed, and I, uh, and that's and that's a normal uh, process of growth and evolution is differentiation, breaking up and splitting and being autonomous, but then there's integration again. Um, because if you only have differentiation, you have lots of autonomous teams. They all start moving into separate directions, and no one knows where everyone is, and you don't know where to find information. And how do you then um, align those autonomous teams again? Uh, exactly. If they're all autonomous and they're basically working for themselves on their specific part of functionality that they're yeah. working on, and that's continuously the focus. How how are they going to work together, for example? How exactly. Can you bring that together? I and think not be so isolated. Exactly. Um, and their goals become not aligned with larger organizational goals. Um, yeah, and, and the beauty of it is how do you solve the problem of uh, the dark side of autonomy? You solve it with autonomy. <laughs> like example, for example, this example yeah. of the teams—they were so autonomous they, that they didn't know what each other were doing anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now they realize, ooh, we need more information sharing. You don't solve that problem with taking away their autonomy and coming with, "This is how you will document and will share information." You ask the largest system, the collection of autonomous teams, "How do you want to solve this mm -hmm. autonomously?" And then. The larger system, so you make them aware of, oh, I am part of a larger system, and my autonomy might have a negative effect on the larger system. Now, how do we as a larger system use our autonomy and solve this problem ourselves? Um, so that's how you break through this isolation. Yeah, it's, it's by making uh, a team aware of the part of a larger system. Uh, they know that, it's obvious, but... Um, but then again, you have to make it tangible in a way. Exactly. Because they, they know it, but they How don't do always act according to it because they don't, yeah. Yeah. So let's first word, feel it or experience it in that sense. Exactly. So you have to bring that sense back into them or help them. Uh, it, it's like it. setting the rules of the game. Like if, okay. you, if you're in traffic, you, you're, you also have autonomy, whether you go on your bike or with a car, uh, you're... Uh, choose your own direction where you want to head and what route you want to take. But we do have uh, traffic regulation. We do have rules and we do understand them and they're collective. Uh, I admit we didn't agree on them as a whole uh, system. system in this case that, that they're governed. But we do know the, the games of the, um, the traffic participation. So we can 
autonomously, nice yeah. word in English, uh, go from A to Z uh, without hopefully causing an accident because we know how to interact. And uh, th there's also social uh, acceptance in that because with a car, we would almost never drive through a red light. And I assume that a lot of people drive through a red light on a bike because <laughs> at some point we kind of have this social concept that that's okay as long as we really watch the traffic. Uh, and there comes in the system of really reflecting and the values behind it because the value behind it is being safe, not being a nuisance to somebody else. Then I can break the rule. Uh, and that's also when you yeah. look at teams, what rules do we want to create? Which rules do we want to break? But we do need a system that uh, accommodates all of us and not just a single part of us. Because if I would always go through red light, I would cause uh, uh, problems for others. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That, that, because uh, what I found really interesting is that, uh, um, that as the, the rules, like the, like the traffic light, were especially made to basically protect like, people on bicycles and mm -hmm. the pedestrians. And they're the first one to break them, actually. <laughs> this, I, I, yeah, that's, that's, I really like that interesting aspect of human behavior. But thinking about what protection people need is a really nice synonym for working in teams as well. We have quite a bit of rules within organizations as well. And sometimes you really need to think, how is this serving us? Mm. What, what effect does this rule have? And is it still viable? Something that uh, served us last year could be different this year. So that's why we need to constantly uh, reflect on, on what we have in place and if it's still serving us right now. Yeah, because the rules and the, it should always serve the people. The people shouldn't serve the rules. Yeah, or the system. The system, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, this, I, I, I'm really still a little intrigued by the by the word uh, system because sometimes for me system refers to uh, a thing that we as uh, humans engineered in a way. Yeah. But of course, nature in itself is also a, a system or it acts as a system. And sometimes you have like control over some technical parts, but they start to interact together and then like a new um, system uh, comes from that, stems from that, but you didn't engineer the system that comes from it, but it's there. Yeah. Suddenly, what you're describing is like an ecosystem. Exactly. So yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's like a sh snapshot of a landscape, uh, how it currently is working, and it might be affected by some factors. And some of them are controlled, and some of them aren't. And I think the difference between a natural ecosystem and maybe a team is that we're conscious about our ecosystem, so we can consciously change it. A frog that lives in a pool doesn't know it's a frog in a pool in a bigger uh, ecosystem. Uh, so we do have much more control than the ecosystem, but we there are things that, that are happening around us without our control of it. Yeah, I think when you, I, I, when I introduced myself to the teams earlier this year, I said I'm a human systems engineer. <laughs> and uh, I think I just said it so I sounded more relatable. But uh, <laughs> but it, the engineering part, uh, what I like about engineers is they are very practical mm -hmm. and they look at things very objectively and like scientifically. And I think um, it's not about in you engineer it like you have control of it. Like you can, 
It's the same like idea of like the waterfall idea that you can perfect analyze something and then design the perfect design and then just execute it. It's uh, <laughs> human systems are even more unpredictable and uh, spontaneous and creative and uh, alive that you really have ah uh, real control is so little it's just uh, control is an illusion and we as humans we don't like to be out of control so we think we're in control but as a coach is i think the word control is it's not uh, a word that i absolutely associate with as a coach it's creating safety like we said earlier mm-hmm. creating structure that there's enough safety for the human system to explore and learn and go where it wants to go. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast on coaching last two weeks ago and they talked about coaching for compliance versus coaching with compassion. And coaching for compliance is where you as a coach have an idea of where you think the person or the team should go. And you have a better idea mm-hmm. and you're just trying to lead them towards that. But that's not life-giving to the person or the team. But when you coach with compassion is you create that space where that person team feels safe enough to really dream about where they want to go and really come up with ideas and strategies and things that will get them there. That, they, that came from them that they are very excited about. Um, and as a coach, you just a witness of that um, unfolding and creating this space for that. And if and sometimes it's about you have an idea where you think because it worked for you maybe in the past and you hope that they <laughs> get to that same because yeah. it can maybe validate no you. <laughs> but that's then to focus on yourself and not on 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 them and what's actually best for 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 them. So that's a great difference to keep in mind uh, talking about coaching for compliance or coaching for compassion i didn't hear that before but that's a that's a nice one yeah okay yeah maybe it's good to to start summarizing for our, our listeners uh, already can you share your most important takeaway with us suzanne um yeah so, so the story just now triggered for me um when i had my newborn baby and he started to roll over for the first time and um, he was lying on the couch, and suddenly I thought, oh, should I protect him? Because safety was a big value for me, not, not to have my newborn injured. But b- curiosity for me is also a big value, and uh, uh, finding new ways, experimenting. So I thought, if I put pillows on the couch, then he won't be able to experiment. Maybe I should put the pillows on the ground, so that at least if he falls, he falls uh, safely. And in the end, I decided not to do anything because uh, my colleague said, or you just uh, show him the right way. And I thought, there's no right way. That's my way. But I actually want him to experiment and find his own ways. So determining your own rules of the game and having the safety and the freedom and the creativity to to really listen to the needs you have. And then in uh, the bigger picture of the system, not only your needs, but the needs of the whole system. So that would be my takeaway, uh, setting your own uh, rules of the game. And then within that, you have a lot of freedom and creativity to uh, make the most impact you want. Nice awesome. One. What about you, Birgit? 
My takeaway is the really nice experience of talking about coaching with a fellow coach and with an audience that's interested in knowing more. <laughs> and I, I just enjoyed the experience. Uh, I will have to reflect some more to, on it to see if I took away some insights or wisdom, but I really take away a, a pleasant feeling. Okay, good. <laughs> good. So that, that's also a nice uh, one you say uh, uh, with, with the audience. So uh, as an audience, if you want to react, just leave a, leave a note on the, on the TechLab website or via Twitter, techlabbob.com. So that's a good one. Uh, yeah, Susanne and, and Burger, thanks for sharing your, uh, your stories with us. Um, great to, to have you here and, and to reflect on a lot of things, give, give insights in the human system and the human systems engineering. Uh, differences between ways of coaching, uh, start dreaming. That's one takeaway for me, uh, uh, Birgit uh, shared. Um, yeah, and, and to summarize what you said, Suzanne, it's, it's the freedom within a framework. Uh, realize that you're part of that framework, but you can determine rules, uh, but just be aware of it. So thanks for that. And maybe, yeah, I hope you uh, can join a, another time because there's a lot of more to, uh, to explore, I think. Thanks. I think Love you too. Thanks, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Really interesting uh, conversation with you. Really uh, uh, loved it. Thank you. And thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, check some of the others and subscribe to our feed. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab and subscribe. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.